0: Welcome to Honest Money. In today's episode, Warren Ingram answers your questions around life policies and the benefits in terms of monthly installments, interest rates, and whether it's better to contribute to an RA instead. Warren also explains how compound interest works in investments like the Satrix Top 40. Keep listening for more. Hi, Warren. I trust you're keeping well. So the question is around my dad's current life insurance policy. My dad is 57 years old and currently has a life insurance policy which is quite costly every month and comprises about 13% of net monthly income. In addition, the policy costs increase 12.5% per year and I simply do not see it being affordable for the, in the next 5 to 10 years even with a monthly income. In addition, the actual lump sum payout of the policy only increases between 3 to 4% per annum. Some background information. Um, My dad has no debt, no vehicle finance, no mortgage with a house paid off and no credit card debt. He maxes out his tax-free savings account annually to the 36,000 annual limit. He has retirement annuity and other long-term investments that he makes consistent monthly contributions towards. My, myself and my sibling are both qualified and have um, professional corporate jobs. My mother doesn't work, so that's from a dependent side. Um, So my question to you is, does my dad still need this life policy? My thinking was to stop the life policy and rather invest the same amount into um, another investment or increase the contribution to the retirement annuity to get a greater tax deduction. All things being equal, over 20 years, I suspect the value of the investment will be greater than or equal to the life policy payout. I know there are a lot of caveats to this question, and there are no guarantees on the investment performance and the predictability of death. But I thought you could maybe give me some additional insight or points to consider. Thanks, Warren. Really appreciate it.
1: Life assurance is such a tricky and emotive topic. So so it's a it is something that we have to focus on and talk about a lot when when, when we're on our financial planning journey. And I think with your father, it is an interesting situation. So let me give you my principles about life cover when you need it and maybe when you don't need it. And, and the first thing is, you, 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 you mark the very critical point. If you've got debt, and it doesn't matter what the debt is, if it's credit cards, personal loans, you know, um, uh, car or, or, or mortgages or anything, you know, anything like that, you, you, you need to make sure that those debts can be paid, paid off if you pass away. And, and certainly that the, the, the people who are financially dependent on you are not in a worse off position because you've died and left them with, with, with a big problem, a big financial hole. So having life cover to cover your debts makes sense to me. The, the second reason that you need life cover is let, let's assume like, like your father that there, there is no debt. Th- then you also want to make sure that there is enough investment money left behind to look after your mom or any other financial dependents that, that someone could have in, in, in a situation like this. So So if someone's got... Enough investment assets that would cover their their normal lifestyle expenses if if they were to pass away and and their family can then live without a big change in lifestyle, then you can get to the point where you cancel your life assurance and and make sure that uh, you, you know the family is taken care of. It is a complicated uh, situation. You, as you say, there are lots of caveats. So I'm, I'm certainly not going to cover all of them. And, and, and the life assurance salesman would, would also want to point out that, you know, you need to make sure that things like executors' fees and any estate duty that might be payable needs to be covered as well. And, and yes, there are lots of other, um, you, know, you know, factors to consider. But the main principles for me would always be make sure that, uh, that you've got sufficient life cover to, to get you out of debt and then additional life cover to complement the investment assets that you've got so that uh, you know your beneficiaries are, are, are not compromised financially if something happens to the breadwinner. So, so those are the key principles if you're in a position like your father where you know he's he's in his 50s he's got life cover it's maybe an old policy and it's going up at that kind of a, a rate of twelve 12% percent or twelve and a half percent a year then one uh, one immediate thing I would be doing is I wouldn't cancel that cover straight away I, I would shop around I would try and get at least three different quotes from three different insurance companies uh, and and see what uh, what life cover your, your dad could get uh, at, a, at a lower price premium, you know, because often the older policies are, are not as efficient as the newer policies, the, the underwriting requirements are, are a bit better nowadays. And, and life companies have certainly evolved and, and made life cover a bit more appropriate. So so you might find that, you know, your, your dad could say, uh, you know, get better life cover at a better rate, even though he's a bit older than when he first took out the policy. So, So shopping around makes a lot of sense. What I would say is, if you're going to deal with insurance agents, tell each of them that you are going to get a quote from, from the other company uh, and, and then ask them to look at all three quotes. You know, Get, get each one to look at the, the quotes and explain why theirs is better or worse than, than the competitors. And once you've done an exercise like that uh, and, you've, and you've got three separate insurance agents that are well-trained in their products and often well-trained in their competitors' products, you, you've got a very good idea whether your father is, is, is going to be okay or whether he can get better, better life cover. It's also important to make sure that medically he's in a decent condition to get life cover. You know, often life assurance companies will will say for older people that, that you know, maybe have developed a bit of high blood pressure or hypertension or, you know, a, a chronic illness, you know, even if it's not at advanced stages, they'll just say, Either we won't cover we won't cover your father if he dies at all, or um, we will will insure him, but we won't insure him against these you know any, anything to do with high blood pressure or something. In which case, it might be better to stay with the existing policy that he's got. But but I would say understand the the size of investment assets that he already has, um, and if those investment assets are sufficient to look after your mom uh, for the rest of her life, the, the, and he doesn't have any debt, and you know the executor's fees will be paid, then then it might be worth looking at that life cover story differently but definitely you want to do your homework definitely want to get some quotes and, and understand uh, the, the whole position before you take the step of just cancelling the cover good luck with your, your moves forward
0: Hi Warren thanks for the great show can you please explain how compound interest works with shares I don't really understand it it seems a bit counterintuitive. I understand with the bank account the first month you earn interest and then you earn interest on interest but with a share portfolio so like a satrix top 40 you're not really earning interest you're earning growth so it's just the growth of the shares and the paying you know the dividends that you keep reinvesting so how does compound interest per se work with that type of thing thank you
1: Compound growth or compounding or compound interest is is a really key ingredient in in a successful long-term investment strategy. Uh, and and i think it's it is worth spending time on uh, to to understand it and to understand how it works so so i think it's a, a a question a lot of people will be holding and and i appreciate you asking it so so maybe just to start i think w- w- when we talk about compounding um th- there are different forms of compounding and and so your your example of a bank account where you let's say you put a 1000 rand in and and every month that that 1000 rand earns one rand of interest and that one rand gets added to the thousand rand. So the next month, you've got a thousand and one rand earning a little bit more interest. And and so as time goes on, the interest gets added to the bigger, you know, the bigger amount. And and so all of that attracts more interest. And by the end of the year, let's say you're, you're, um, you've got a thousand and twelve rand and you're earning you know, one rand and and you know, let's say twelve cents for argument's sake, uh, as as interest every month, and and that's the, the, the power of compound interest. But but when we talk about buying shares, we're still talking about compounding and compound growth, but we're just not talking about compound interest. So so what happens with shares is there there are two main ways that you're going to earn money from from investing in a in a, in a share or an index. The first is the the, the change of the price. Of that investment. So in other words, you buy it for one rand, and um, it goes up. By the end of the year, it's sitting at one rand ten, and a year later, it's at one rand twenty, and and so you go. And and so that that change of price is a is a very important way of, of generating growth. But the other part of it is companies that pay a dividend. So let's say you you, you buy your share at ten rand. Um, and you earn one rand through the year of dividends, so that's a little bit, uh, a little, little bit like earning interest on a bank account. So you can then use that one rand to buy more shares, um, and then you're getting the capital growth as well. So, so compounding uh, it's it's about leaving the money in an investment for a long period of time, and letting it grow on itself. And and it's not about trying to get a, a great return over a day or a week. It's it's about very much around the long term, uh, the, the, the long term growth of money making money babies, I guess. So, so you're right to say it's not compound interest when you buy shares, but it certainly is still compounding. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I, there, there's a quote that says compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. And, and certainly I believe that, uh, so, so yes, you, you, should, you should allow your, your share or ETF investments to stay invested for long periods of time to get the benefit of, of that compounding of the share price. But also whatever dividends you earn, make sure that those are also in reinvested because over time, the compound effect of the dividends that are reinvested will account for about half of your growth from, from a stock market portfolio. So it's a really key number and it's a key thing to focus on. Hope that helps. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.